This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Here we go. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am, of course, your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for the show. You want to jump in? Phone call, 216-777-2120. Again, 216-777-2120. Or if you want to email the show, you can do that as well. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what we have on tap for the next 120 minutes or so. It is the second Tuesday of any given month. And when we hit the second Tuesday of any given month, you know we're going to be getting a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked and most popular barbecue and grilling website. And he has the metrics to back that up. None other than Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We have a load of questions that we're going to try and plow through during our two segments this evening. We will also address the what I am calling purposeful undercooking of steaks across this great nation of our potentially across the world. But we all know I am no world traveler, nor do I have any interest in traveling outside of these great United States. Hawaii questionable. But definitely not anything due east, England, Germany, China, all that stuff. No interest there. So I'm not sure if it is across. If you are in those countries, which I really have no interest in going, A, no offense, of course, just don't want to travel. But let me know if you are also finding a purposeful undercooking of your beef where you are in your part of the world. Hit me up with an email. Let me know about it. I think in the United States, that is absolutely going on, and we're currently in the process of putting that to the test. I have tasked the Embedded Correspondent crew to go ahead through this course of the next four weeks to hit up a steak chain or a prime steakhouse or points in between or both and order a steak to medium, I'll go over some revisional criteria here in a few moments or as time allows during the course of the show and see if it is indeed coming through well undercooked, which I have experienced a handful of times here over the last couple of years. And I believe 
through reading some printed articles that is actually something that is happening to prevent throwout or waste from a stake that has gone over. So Meathead and I will talk about that, plus answer your questions. We may or may not touch on the Barbecue Hall of Fame. We were talking about that last time he was on as far as a potential topic. We might have exhausted that a little bit. You might have a little Hall of Fame fatigue. I could talk about it for hours and hours and days and days and months and months on end. But I have to think about you, the listener, as well. So we'll have to see about it. Then in the second hour, I will be joined by somebody that is making, uh, I was going to say unique, not necessarily unique. I mean, when you look at it, it looks like an offset smoker. But man, oh man, something special and something unique about the way these offset smokers are being made. I've been chasing him down here for literally over a month or so. Maybe a little bit longer than that. He's very busy. His smoker, very popular right now on the market and has been for some time. I will be talking with the creator of Moberg Smokers, Sonny Moberg, in the second hour. So really looking forward to catching up and meeting him in the first time. Well, I guess you can't catch up if you've never met before, but meeting him, learning about his backstory, and then, of course, what is setting his smokers apart from some of the other traditional offset wood-fired pits. And really, in Texas, you have some of the most prolific pit makers ever, like in the history of pit making that are existing down there. So looking forward to chatting it up with Sonny Moberg in the second hour. That's what you got. Meathead coming up here in the first hour. Sonny Moberg in the second hour. Very much looking forward to that. As I did mention here a couple minutes ago, Revision on the stake assignment. So if you are going to do that, and I believe Doug Scheiding has already, Texas Embedded Correspondent, has already gone out and done something a week or two ago. But instead of asking for 140, let's ask for a 135 internal temperature or request medium if they will not cook to a particular internal temperature. Request medium, and let's hope for a carryover of what would be around High 130s, maybe 140. In full disclosure, I overdid some stakes a couple weekends ago, even doing reverse sear, but I believe I went too high when I seared. And even for that short time that I did it, it blasted right past the target temperature. However, in my defense, while they were over in temp, still tender, still juicy, definitely into that medium category, unfortunately. But I think we need to back off the requested temp. So if they will not do it by internal temperature, just request medium. Take your thermopen, put it in, and let's hope for that uh, 140. I'm predicting it'll be way less than that. Or if they will cook to an internal temperature, tell them 135, and then we'll hope that between the time it gets taken off that charbroiler or grill and lands on the table when you stick with the thermopen, it'll still reach around that 140. We'll see how they do. So that's my request to you. By the way, do want to thank everybody for the birthday wishes today. Appreciate that. 44 today, feeling every bit of it, looking every bit of it. And, you know, it's always humbling to me to get all of your birthday well wishes through Facebook, other social media channels, some through email, private message and stuff like this. But it really makes me humble and appreciative when some of the barbecue luminaries leave a voicemail message for me in uh, happy birthday fashion, and I've saved a couple of those. So uh, let me see here. See if I can dig this one up. All right. Uh, Let me play, and I'll sprinkle these throughout the show, what I would call barbecue celebrity birthday well wishes. 
Hey, Greg, this is your biggest fan. Baron Franklin. From Franklin Barbecue. Really love the show. Always appreciate our conversations. So I wanted to reach out and wish you a fantastic birthday. Look forward to our next chat. Got some really important news to tell you about that I can't release at this moment, so we'll keep that undercover because I know you love it when guests come on and tell you that they can't talk about anything important. I I would just like to continue that. Anyway, happy birthday, and we'll talk to you again soon. Wow, Aaron Franklin left me a birthday voicemail. Thank you, Aaron. That's great. Wasn't expecting a well wish from Aaron Franklin. He's very busy, very popular in the barbecue community. Uh, who else do we got? I think you'll know this guy. You see him all over the place. One of the uh, ebullient characters of barbecue right now. You see him on TV a lot. Hey, Ramp. This is your old buddy. Big Mo Quezon. From Ponderosa Barbecue. I just wanted to Big take Mo. a minute to wish you a very happy birthday. I'm very busy, but I did want to reach out and give you my most sincere birthday well wishes. Love the show. I'm always listening whenever I can fit it in. And I love doing these really cool commercials with your buddy, Bob Trudnack from the barbecue guru. They're really fun and allow me to exercise a lot of my creativity that you wouldn't normally get to see outside of the barbecue arena. Hmm. So anyway, that's a weird thing for me to say during your birthday wish, but I did want to get that in there. BBQguru.com and happy birthday to you, brother. And we'll see you on the barbecue trail. That's big Mo Kason right there. Wow. Big Mo taking time out. Always appreciate that. So uh, Aaron Franklin is in, Big Mo Quezon is in. Looks like we got uh, maybe three, four, five other ones here that we'll sprinkle in during the course of the show. I uh, do want to make a mention here to the folks over at Shot in the Dark. Uh, these guys make barbecue rubs, and they were kind enough to send me some samples. I have small caliber rub here. Have the large caliber rub right there, and uh, also this uh, sinful seduction rub. Out of these three, uh, the tasting family like the large and the small caliber rub the best. Also, we got a cherry rub uh, that was a little too candyish for me. Neighbor Desmond took that one and is uh, doing some further testing. Uh, we tasted them all on ribs and some other pork products, and. The large caliber and the small caliber, both even as far as being what we thought was best in flavor profile, followed by Sinful Seduction. I could have a little more of a ramped up taste, but always appreciate people sending me stuff to try out. And I'll mention it if I like it, and I did like these. So if you're interested in checking out a new rub, shotinthedarkbbq.com. That's shotinthedarkbbq.com. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com coming up out of the break. Attention folks in the business of barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, and has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages in companies Across the U.S., from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in their on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality, and most importantly, authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via the FedEx. You can also pull through food distribution services like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods, some of the big players. 
co-packaging capable as well from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new. They also have this thing called private labeling where you can take one of their existing products, slap your name on it, and sell it. So if you have a barbecue restaurant like Greg's Barbecue Shop and you don't want to go through the process of developing your own sausages for whatever reason, then you can buy the sausages from Southside Market and Barbecue and put Greg's Beef Sausage or Greg's Barbecue Slammers or Pork Slammers. It's great. Easy for you because they're tried and true products. Great for Southside Market and Barbecue. They're selling their products just under your name. Here's what you do. You visit Southside Market. That's southsidemarket.com. Request information on company packaging or private label opportunities. If you're an online buyer listening to this show, you can get 10% off your entire order if you enter code BBQ Central, one word BBQ C E N T R A L, BBQ Central at checkout. And again, that's 10% off the entire order when you go online, southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com, the beef sausage is something of legend. If you've never had beef sausage before, you got to try it. All right, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, and seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. My favorite. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit, as well as in backyards, like specifically my backyard, believe it or not. For more information, to stock up, you go to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. You always trust your butcher. The grilling oil is so good. All right, joining me now, the staunch, verified, and honorable second Tuesday of the month guests racing to the Traeger Grills hotline. And we welcome back Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, how are you? Hey, Greg, happy birthday and hello, Centralites. It's good to be back. Thank you very much for that. Meathead, where's your camera at? Ah, that's a good question. Yeah, we got to see Stand Meathead. Stand by. Have by. The video. There it is. There we go. There we go. There's Meathead. There we go. Youthful as ever. Hey, Meathead, I don't know if you uh, heard as we were going out to break, but I had some celebrity birthday well wishes. Yeah, I recognize those voices. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Franklin. Uh, Mo has never sound more youthful. Or and Aaron, um, yep. they yep. almost sounded similar, too. It was really quite amazing. Here's another one. I'm going to sprinkle these throughout the show, but I might as well. And I, I, let me add my best wishes, too. Please. Happy birthday to you. Aha! Thank you, Meathead. Uh, uh, here's one from somebody that I think we've both met in person at the very first Kingsford Invitational when we went out in the middle of nowhere for that competition. Yeah. Uh, but uh, see if you can place this one. 
Hey, Greg, this is your friend Chris Lilly from Big Bob Gibson's, also Barbecue Hall of Famer. Just wanted to pitch a call to you real quick. Sorry I didn't get you in person and wish you a very happy birthday. I know you're doing a show tonight, so just wanted to pass along our thoughts here at Big Bob Gibson's to the barbecue media master. Hope you had a great day. Take care. You know, he's amazing. You know, he goes to New York and he's on the Good Morning America show and everything. And he's just lost his southern accent. It's amazing. It is uh, It is a tad bizarre. I'm not here to answer any questions uh, or go any further than what you're hearing. I mean, it's uh, as, as I said in the open, I'm just humbled that the folks are here. I, I was and called in, but I didn't know it was your birthday. You, what are you talking? How can the most prolific barbecue stars somehow know it's my birthday and my I second Tuesday my of the month guests? Oh, my goodness. In my own little world. Oh, but I posted on my webs- uh, on Facebook yeah. that I was going to be here tonight, and people who have questions should ask. And I got two responses. Both of them were happy birthday wishes to you. Oh, really? Oh, well, so, I got... I got an inordinate amount of questions that we will burn. So I figured here's what we're going to do. Um, We're going to run through those questions first. You know, I heard LeBron James call to wish you a happy birthday. Hmm. That is not true. Oh, that's right. He doesn't live there anymore. (laughs) I don't know if he, I mean, he, he, he doesn't play here anymore. He does live here still. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got one of the most palatial estates. Uh, anywhere to be seen, I think. Uh, I got a feeling he's going Hollywood. At least pal. in the oh, well, no doubt about it. He's out of here for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so, somebody's telling me that they can't hear your audio, but I can hear you, and you're registering on my meters, so Jeez. I have to. I, I, I have to figure. I got all yeah, you can Is hear me, right? Else? You can hear me. Anybody else out there not hearing me? Yeah, well, I don't know what to say. We're we're recording. It's recording fine in podcast, which is where most of the people get it anyway. They probably just need to hit refresh on their computers, and away we go. All right, so well, you know, my my microphone is just a little far away. Well, I mean, I can I can hear you. Well, let's get this. Ooh, look at that fancy microphone. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, it's <laughs> it's called a blue ball. Yeah. I haven't had a blue ball since high school. Yeah. Some of us last week. <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Before we get into the um, uh, the Facebook questions, I want to yeah. cover this particular item specifically. And it's something that I've brought up here over the last couple of weeks, and if you're a fan of this show, of course, you know that I love to get on tangents and sometimes they're short-lived and other times they will go on and on and on for months at a time until I feel like they have ridden their proper course and my newest uh, focus is what I'm calling the purposeful undercooking of steak across this great country perhaps the world but I don't know anything about the world but in this country I think there is a purposeful undercooking of steak at both chain and uh, perhaps more egregiously at the high-end prime steakhouses. I'm actually going to be having a conversation with Nick Solaris about this uh, next week, I believe, or at least a portion of our conversation will be about this. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean, you're a guy who'll go out and enjoy a nice steak. And let me first lay out I, I what the... article. I guess it was in the New York 
Post or Newsday or something um, several months ago. And that was bouncing around the internet. And I forget the gist of it. But, you know, my instincts are it's better undercooked than overcooked. Um, and I, I'm, I, why is it that they, they, they oh, had so, an explanation? Why so were they undercooking? I forget. Let's quickly go through all of my stuff first before we talk about anybody else. So I have tasked a number of top men in the industry, Daniel Vaughn, my embedded correspondents, and I said, hey, over the course of the next month, go to a chain restaurant, or if you have the funds, go to a prime steakhouse, dry-aged if you want. Order a steak medium. If they Now, if you have the ability to request temperature, ask for 135 and see if they will cook it to 135. I am maintaining mm-hmm. that when the steak and you take your thermopen to the restaurant and the minute that steak the minute that steak hits the table you whip out the thermopen you temp it and then you take a picture of it and we see exactly where that steak is coming from. Now I'm going to assume that there's a wide majority of steakhouses that do not use thermometers in their kitchens and they will go no. by feel because they feel they have the uh wherewithal and uh, expertise to touch a steak or see how thick mm-hmm. it is versus time and the heat on their grill. I get all that. Uh, but I'm my, I, the point I'm trying to make is uh, twofold. One, they're undercooking because of the reason that you just said you overcook a steak. You can't bring it back. You got to toss it. So they're giving their self a, a self a bigger window to shrink their toss out margin. The other thing I think they're banking on is that they're, is a percentage of consumers that will get a steak. Maybe they ask for it medium. It will come out medium rare at best. They'll cut into the steak, but they won't have the balls to sit there and send it back, even if it's a $70 steak, so they'll sit there and eat it. And they won't say that it's undercooked, and they won't send it back, but they'll leave dissatisfied, and maybe they never go back to that establishment again. So in your opinion, am I way off base here? Is there something to this? Because not only have I done reports on this through other written articles, but I have also experienced it at a number of uh, higher-ranking steakhouses across the country through volleyball travel. Well, I think that what you say makes great sense Mm -hmm. for change. Thank Um, you. um, But um, I think at the core of the problem is, is people don't know clearly what is rare, medium rare, medium, medium well and well. And they don't have a good, clear concept of what those are. Their benchmarks are color when they really should be temperatures. There is a correlation between color and temperature. But in a lot of restaurants where it's dark and you've got candlelight or incandescent light, incandescent light is very orange and yellow, so it alters the uh, actual appearance of the steak. It's around 3,500 Kelvin in photography terms, whereas daylight is 5,000 Kelvin. And so that, you know, and any, any woman knows you never put your makeup on under fluorescent light because it's green. Um, you always look better under incandescent light because it's warm. So those are all factors. Um, medium rare is my favorite temp. And I think many, many steak aficionados prefer it in that range 
which is in the 130 to 135 range. Medium is more in the 135 to 140 or all the way up to 145. It's not a precise number, but it's in that range. Medium is more of a pink color. Um, medium rare is a rosy color, and rare is a purplish color. Um, again, the color is not your decisive. Um, there's a very good temperature guide on our website, and it's funny that you bring it up today because I'm a huge fan of Melissa Clark, the recipe writer, one of the many recipe writers at the New York Times, and she does great videos, um, and um, she's really a great cook, great personality, cute, um, and uh, I have a crush on her. And she just did a piece on lamb this week, and she was talking about cooking it to medium at, I think she said, 150 degrees or something, which is way up there in the well range. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, the article, it was clear, she didn't have a grip on the temperatures. Um, and it gets worse because USDA doesn't have a grip on it. USDA has tried to redefine these numbers and uh you know usda wants us to cook all steaks i think their number is, uh, i got it right here 145 is their number um uh, i'm looking at a chart I've, i publish um i can't quite see it here but um i mean if steakhouses went by usda numbers they'd be out of business so um i don't know i i think they're Maybe a lot of these chefs don't know for sure either. Um, and as you said, a lot of them don't use thermometers. I see a lot of them with dial thermometers, the old bimetal dial thermometers, which can take 30 seconds to read. They have one advantage over us backyard hacks, and that is most of them get the same steaks from mm -hmm. the same supplier. Right. And they're the same cut. They're the same thickness. Same spec. So, yes, specs. Right, exactly. They're specced. And so if they're really good and their ovens are tuned and they're, 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 most of them are broiling, um, they, can, they can perhaps poke it and feel. I just don't think backyard cooks ought to do that. Um, and, and there's another factor, too. When you cut into a steak to look at the color, the color alters, changes with oxygen. Oxygen turns it brighter. And you can see this if you if you'll take a steak off and cut into it, and just watch it; it'll get bright red uh, or brighter red. So, I don't know why they're doing it, um, but I, I I am I would rather they undercook it than overcook it. Why do you think if you can arm yourself with an implement that can give you an exact reading in a second or less that they wouldn't use it? I had uh, Scott Rodriguez, who's like the the head culinary guy at BJ's restaurant and brew house on a couple weeks ago. Uh, no higher ranking culinary person within the company uh, there aside from, you know, like the ownership or whatever, but this is the guy is disseminating the food across the country. And he requires everybody that works on the line, especially on a broiler on a grill or whatever to have a thermometer and make sure that you tempt to meat. It takes very little time. You can ensure accuracy. So that way, when you go, you're not leaving with a patron that could be remorseful or worse yet. What's, I mean, what's the worst thing? If you leave a restaurant and go, but they totally missed it. I'm not going to go well, back there again. You know, I don't, I, I think there may be a machismo attitude here, 
you know, I'm the great culinary. I went to Culinary Institute. I trained. I staged under famous chef, and uh, I can just tell by looking and feeling. And I don't need no stinking thermometer. Mm. I mean, when, when I first started doing my website back in 2005, I started preaching thermometers. And I think I may have said this to you recently. My wife, who works for the FDA, has said to me that she believes I have sold more digital thermometers than the <laughs> USDA and the FDA. We preach thermometers. We, pr we talk temperature. Every recipe I write, almost every recipe, has a target temperature on it. We publish an award-winning temperature guide. It is absolutely the definitive tool. Mm. But a lot of folks out there feel like that they don't need it. They're machismo. They're, I can tell, you know, you know I don't know. I don't know. Um, all I know is I cook a lot. I'm a pretty darn good cook. And I won't st step out of the house without a thermometer on me. I, you know, I, I'm worried. Uh, I understand the machismo thing that you're talking about. But if I go somewhere and I'm going to spend seventy-five or a hundred dollars for a steak, I mean, I'm going to want to know that what I'm asking for is being achieved. I think when you get into that kind of a setting, especially in the higher echelon steakhouses, that there is a certain level of expectation that is required. Mm -hmm. And that should be me getting the steak how I want it, not how you think I want it. If I wanted 135 or 146 well, or whatever. Off. There's another aspect to this, and that's these restaurants that don't put salt and pepper shakers on the table. That you, the chef has seasoned it perfectly. You don't need to add salt. And that just ticks me off. I mean, usually the chef gets it right. Yeah. But taste is a matter of taste. And everybody's palate is different. And I know in my circle of friends and family um, that there are people who just pour on the salt and others, I'll just go light and they'll complain it's way too salty. Everybody is different. The um, sheer chutzpah <laughs> of a chef to say, you don't need salt and pepper on the table because I got it right in the kitchen. And then you go back there and they're slinging the salt and pepper around yeah. like this. You know, I mean, come on. John Dawson says Meathead is a concealed thermometer permit holder. I agree. <laughs> so am I. Well, um, I, I uh, haven't talked to Dawson in a long time. It's always good to bump into him on your show. So I think what I'm trying to say here is this. In, in, in a two weeks' time, we will have a very small sweeping percentage of the country on if they know how to cook steak or not, or if they're cooking it to a specified temperature or not. And I understand that business is business, and you can never pull a steak back once it gets past a certain point, and you got to throw it out. Or I, don't, I guess I don't even know what you do with it, but you can't serve it to the customer, so it's probably at a loss. Yeah, I don't know that bringing a thermometer into a restaurant is a great move. This is all, this is journalistic. Like a, this is journalistic stuff here, Meathead. You're you were a journalist at one point. Yeah, How dare you? You also you also have the issue of resting. And a lot of guys, a lot of chefs will pull that steak out and it'll sit on the counter for five minutes resting. Or it'll get plated and put under the salamander or just on on, on the on the shelf, you know. And uh, uh, it sits there and waits for the waiter or the waitress to come up or waits for the lobster to be finished. Mm -hmm. So the temperature, well, by the time it gets to you, is going to be very 
could be very different than what it was when it came out. So, and it just, you know, I don't take pictures at, in restaurants. I love my food and I've had great recipes. And I, I, whenever I go out to dinner, I always get ideas on a new recipe that mm -hmm. I want to play with. I just keep my cell phone in my pocket. I'm there to enjoy the meal and the company. And if, if I won't take my cell phone out, I'll be damn sure I'm not taking my thermometer out. Okay, all right. And for sure, the minute I pull the thermometer out, the waitress is telling the chef, and he's telling the manager and the owner, the health department's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So uh, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. You can check him out. It's the, the authority of barbecue and grilling, the most heavily trafficked and uh, popular barbecue and grilling website. Here's a, uh, let me uh, uh, regale you with yet another uh, happy birthday from one of these stars uh, that are showing up, oh. and uh, then we'll do a quick break and then get to some of the Facebook questions. See if you've ever heard of this guy. Hi, Greg. This is Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly. I know it's your birthday today, so I just wanted to reach out and give you a personal birthday wish here from everybody at Texas Monthly and especially That's myself. Nice. Always appreciate Very the time nice. we spend together and so hope you're having just an excellent birthday and we'll talk to you soon. How about that, Daniel Vaughn? That's fantastic. Look, I'm not you know, I, I, I'm you, you are beloved and you know you should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't have an ear for sound, but as I'm listening to Daniel Vaughn say his name, it almost sounds like Aaron Franklin. Let me see if you can pick that Hi, up. Greg, this is <laughs> Daniel Vaughn. From Texas Monthly. Did you hear that? Let me do it one more time. Hi, Greg. This is Daniel Vaughn. I don't know. Texas I mean, Mon that sounds a lot like Aaron Franklin. Maybe they put one over on me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Could be. You know, right. We all know how gullible you are, Greg. Uh, well, I thought I, I thought I could sniff out a rat, but evidently I might be getting played hook, line, and sinker here. Uh, we're uh, talking with Meathead. Meathead, stick around, and we will do Facebook questions when we get back. we got a boatload to run through here, as time permits. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today, three different sizes to choose from. The Jim Bowie is the big boy. If you like to cook a lot of food at one time, you can do multiple racks of ribs, multiple pork butts, probably two to three whole packers in there if you're really nifty at fitting in those packers because they can range in size. Daniel Boone's the midsize. A lot of families love that. Definitely get a couple pork butts in there. Uh, if you're panning them, definitely two. Uh, one whole packer for sure, multiple racks of ribs. The Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone, very unique in the fact that you can rip the guts out of both of those cookers and then put in its place the high-heat pizza oven insert, which is one of my favorite things to be using all the time. You can make the Neapolitan-style pies, the thin crust. You can have pizza party and invite all the kids and all the kids' parents over and make 30 and 40 different kinds of pies. Have a pie party, a, a pie factory, if you will. Have the crust ready to go, and then the toppings, and then here you are with the pizza peel, just whipping them in and out. I like to run my pizza oven right around 650 degrees. I find that gives me the best result, the best control. However, if you want to say you can cook picture, uh, pizzas in 1,000 degrees, all you have to do is run that Daniel Boone or Jim Bowie up to 500 on the cooker, and it's roughly double inside of that pizza oven, so you'd be 1,000 degrees. A lot less room for error when you're cooking at 1,000 degrees. Just mind you that. Now, if you like the portable stuff, the, Dan uh, the Davy Crockett is the one you want to go with. Super portable. Fits in the back of trucks and vans and cars. 
And you're not really sacrificing a ton of capacity for the convenience of being able to take it with you. And if you don't have access to a traditional outlet, no worries. Just use your 12-volt receptacle in your car or your truck, and away you go. They also have pellets to fire those cookers. And again, if you're getting the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, please consider the pizza oven inserts like 120 bucks. Super, super economical and very fun. Great pizzas too, by the way. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James of Barbecue Talk. Damn it. Craig Ramsey. Ah, damn it. I meant to switch that out. Now I got Meathead laughing at me. Hey, this portion of the Barbecue Central show is brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit cookingpellets.com. That's C-O-O-K-I-N, cookingpellets.com. For more information or to purchase, you can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. Wow. You Me know, that. I think you got to make it to Brian's <laughs> site. The, the, car, <laughs> the cardiac kids of barbecue. Wow. You know, I used to follow that team. I love the cardiac kids in Brian's site. Really? We're dating ourselves here now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never heard of Brian Sight, he was exciting. He was the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, um, and uh, I, they had more fourth-quarter comebacks. Back when they knew how to play football in Cleveland, back when they knew how to win in Cleveland, uh, Brian Sight uh, never make the, made the Hall of Fame, but he was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, cardiac kids, no doubt. Uh, all right, we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, and we have some Facebook questions here that we can tackle. So let's start first with a question from Larry Beasley. Is there anything that gained momentum through platforms like YouTube that you've seen? Uh, I misread. Sorry. Is there anything that gained momentum through platforms like YouTube that he sees a lot that may be bad techniques for beginners? Or in other words, is there bad information being proliferated across the Internet? <sighs> yeah, I mean, the internet yeah. in general, whether barbecue or other types of cooking or politics, or does tend to be a really good place to go if you're wanting misinformation. Um, um, you know, I, I don't want to knock down a lot of the daddy and mommy blogs that are out there. There are a lot of really fun barbecue blogs that are backyard cooks that, that, you know, these are people have full-time daytime jobs and, uh, uh, you know, they just haven't caught on to a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I mentioned the New York times getting some temperatures wrong. They still tell people to soak their wood chips. Um, that's a common, there's a lot of myths, you know, and we've covered them in the book. I'm kind of pleased to see that a lot of the myths that we've heard worked hard to break have spread throughout the community and i am you know little techniques like reverse sear that we've proselytized have caught on and you know people don't always give us credit for pushing these concepts thermometers um and i don't i'm not looking for the credit but i think um technique is generally improving um you know i think it's a lot of 
people have to be very careful in their selection of sources of information on the internet. Now, I know I'm bragging just a bit here, but what we do on <laughs> AmazingRibs.com, we do full-time. This is my job. I test recipes on a gas grill, on a charcoal grill, on pellet smokers. Um, uh, we have a professional chef um, uh, who tests recipes with us. Everything is really worked hard, vetted. Um, and, um, I mean, we've got Max who shows up on your show, the full-time grill tester, yep. um, uh, Harry and Dick and John who work in their, as accountants and lawyers and they come home and they cook up a recipe and whip out their iPhone and they publish a blog. It's not as reliable a source. And then there's a lot of big recipe websites where the recipes all come from little three by five file cards. Um, and I've seen some of them that are health risks, you know, where the, I know the chicken is not being cooked thoroughly. So I think, you know, and the same goes for news. Um, and I'm going to be very careful what I say, but there are news sources out there where they have well-trained, well-polished, fact-checked, researched, me, uh, information and it's more reliable than what you get across your Facebook feed and I think that's one of the problems we've got to tune up our BS meters um, uh, we've just got to crank them up um, when you I went to journalism school who what when where why how if you're if you read something on the internet and it doesn't tell you who what when where why how then run, you know? I mean, so I'm, I'm getting way off topic here. I, I think it, we just all have to be selective in our sources. Next question is from Chris Mack. What's the best beginner smoker that isn't electric? No offense to the Pellet Grill or any other electric sponsors here on this show, but uh, wondering what the best beginner smoker that isn't electric um I, I would throw out of course the weber smoky mountain very easy to use tried true decent Absolutely. amount of food uh kind Absolutely. of as set it and forget it as you're going to get in that kind of a, and it's of a been cook. around for 100 years yeah. tried and true a lot of recipes out there that have been developed on the weber smoky mountain website uh, specifically also, dedicated for that cooker also the um the pit barrel cooker um yeah uh, yep 300 bucks, I think it is, delivered to your door, no assembly, um, uh, pretty, bra you know, brains dead simple. Um, um, I'm fond of gas smokers. All right, oh, look, everybody's running. Everybody's hanging up, going <laughs> off. No, um, you can find at your big box uh, stores um, little cabinet smokers that are propane-fired. And you throw wood in there so you can get good. Then there's actual combustion. It's better than an electric smoker, which has no combustion. Um, but um, they're pretty easy to set and forget. Um, managing temp is a little tricky, but it's a lot easier than charcoal. Charcoal requires skill, artistry, craft. Um, logs, same thing. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Weber Smoky Mountain. Um, with the slow and sear inserted into it as a smoker. Um, you mean the Weber kettle? I said, uh, the Weber kettle, yep. excuse me. Uh, the Weber kettle. Just plain old Weber kettle. I mean, all-time versatile tool, and this slow and sear insert turns it into a real smoker. It's really cool. 
Um, but I'm the wrong person to ask. You're, you have frequently my associate, Max Good. Max is the full-time grill and smoker tester for our website. And this guy knows the subject far better than I do. I have one of everything on my deck. I mean, I've got a pellet smoker. I've got a Kamado. I've got a gas grill. I've got two charcoal grills. I've got a log burner. I mean, I you know, so I play with all of them. But I don't get all the latest toys, and he does. So he's the one to ask these questions of. And the best thing to do is just go to AmazingRibs.com. There's a tab that says Ratings and Reviews. Click on that. Go to the Smoker and Grill section. You can do a search. There's over 500 reviews in there. Many of them Max has actually cooked on. And you can always ask questions there, too. All right, next question is from Al Selvage, I believe his name, a friend of my Tennessee Embedded correspondent, Steve Ray from Owl's Nest Barbecue. He says they're talking about cleaning grills and reseasoning grills and grates. He gave me the info on the show and the call-in number. We mess with each other all the time. I think he wants to hear me on the air and hope he pulled one over on me. Any help with this subject and how far to go would be greatly appreciated. And again, this would be cleaning grills and reseasoning grills and grates. Okay, um, seasoning is a misconstrued term. Um, in most cases, you would like a little carbon buildup on the inside, uh, especially on something like a Weber Smoky Mountain, which is very shiny, mm -hmm. and that shiny reflects heat, and it can run high. The, the large size Weber Smoky Mountain can run a bit hot until it's got a carbon coat, and then it can run a little cooler. Um, but you don't want grease. Um, grease is grease. Grease is unpleasant smelling, unpleasant tasting. It's a bug attractor. It's a bacteria attractor. Um, and so there's a lot of people think you got to have this thick grease buildup. But again, you'll go look at the competition cooks. When they're done at a competition, if they've got a big trailer size pit. They haul them through the car wash. They get out yep. the um, they get out the uh, Power pressure washer. Yep. They clean those babies. Now I don't know if you have to clean them spotless because I don't mind a little a little carbon buildup, but the grates grates I want spotless. I don't want grease on either side, top or bottom. Mm. Um, uh, grease will smoke. And a lot of people love going out and turning on their gas grill. And they see all that smoke coming out, and it's grease smoke. And they think, oh, boy, I'm throwing my steak on that. It's going to be good and smoky. That's grease smoke, and it's, it's, it's not pleasant. So I want the grill grates clean, top and bottom. I don't want any grease on them. And then I, I just am not a fan of grease anywhere around uh, the food. Uh, next question from Jason Baumgartner. This is a good question. Advice on smoking two items simultaneously that call for two different temps to get them done at the same time. This is oh why boy. I have eight cookers on my back. Patty, yeah, of yeah. course. Multiple cookers I, I always great. I get a lot. Yeah. I get it a lot. Um, I mean, to me, depending on what you're cooking, you would want to put the one that isn't going to dry out the soonest on second. So you're not that that's not the one just sitting around uh, and waiting for the other thing to catch up. Yeah, that, that's good advice. I think the best advice is rethink. Um, the reason you've got two things on there, three things on there, different cooking temps, different target temps, 
different weights and everything is you're showing off. Um, and I hear this a lot. You know, I got my brother-in-law and his family coming over and I want to do ribs and a brisket and a turkey. And it's like, I, you know, you're just asking for trouble. Pick one, get it right. Mm. Do it right. Master the master one. Um, so I would begin by rethinking the plan. Number two, if you have no choice, if you have, you know, if you've got somebody who doesn't eat pork or something, um, go for the lowest temp. Um, lower temp is not likely to ever hurt you. Um, 225 is just a good number for almost anything that you're smoking. Um, poultry, chicken and turkey. If you want the skin crispy, I like to take it up to 325. It renders fat and crisps the skin mm -hmm. a little better. Mm -hmm. You can always do that later. And, you know, people, you can cheat. You can smoke something at 225 and then pull it off and throw it on a gas grill at a high temp and crisp the skin. Or stick it in your oven at 400 degrees and crisp your skin. Nobody's going to call the uh, police on you and arrest you for that. So use all your tools and um, uh, and also keep in mind that most of the smoke flavor land, lands on the meat within the first few hours. People say it is absorbed by the meat, but it really isn't absorbed. It's smoke, smoke lands on the surface of the meat, sticks to the surface of the meat, doesn't penetrate very far. It isn't absorbed by the meat. But a lot of the smoke flavor is acquired in the first couple of hours when the surface is cold because smoke sticks to cold surfaces. Um, so I, you can throw something on the smoker, give it a couple of hours of smoke, pull it off, and stick it in the oven. All right, last so, question. Oh, go use ahead. your tools. Yeah, all right, uh, last question here for this evening, Meathead, from David Huff. What's the best cut of beef to use for fajitas, and how do you cook it? For him, he usually uses a skirt or flank steak, marinates it, cooks it hot and fast to medium rare, and then slices thin across the grain. But mine never seems to be as tender as a restaurant. Suggestions? Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Uh, um, the problem with fajitas, a lot of restaurant fajitas are made with skirt steak, mm. which is really thin. I mean, it's, you know, half an inch. And if you want it pink or medium rare in the center, um, it cooks very quickly, and there's not enough time to get a good crust on it. Um, and the way to do that is, I, I, this is another technique that I think we pioneered that is catching on around the Internet. I call it the afterburner. I get a charcoal chimney and put a grate on top of it. Now you've got almost 1,000 degrees coming out of there. It's like the back end of an F-16. And I'll cook skirt steaks on that. Because that can give me a good dark brown crust on the outside. Flip, 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 flip. So it doesn't build up too much energy on the surface and push it down in the center. And you can get medium rare. But I'm a huge fan of flank steak. And that's what you said you like to do. And I love the flavor of flank steak. You've just got to cut it across the grain. You've got to cut it thin. Um, um, and I do like to cook it hot and fast. A thicker steak, like a ribeye, an inch and a half ribeye, I'm going to reverse here. But most flank steaks, I'm going to cook hot and fast. All right, it's Meathead Goldwyn from... You know what? I made it the whole damn thing. Just saying Meathead, and then right at the end, I dropped, <laughs> That's right. dropped the G it's word. It's the book. It's Meathead um, uh, from AmazingRibs.com. One last thing there, Meathead? 
Oh, I thought we were going to get into the Hall of Fame stuff. I got, oh, I, I, I did my studies. We'll do it next month. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll have to see. I think I've, uh, I've run a little fatigue on the listeners. I think on I did that. my research, and by the way, oh, I, good. They, they say that they haven't published the um, nomination form, but I found it. Uh, it's the, the 2019 nomination form is mm. not available if you click the wrong links, but right. I found the right link, Ooh. and I uh, submitted two nominations today. Oh, right. Stan Hayes right. from Operation Barbecue Relief. Nice. Nice. And uh, some guy named Rempy. Me? Oh, here we go. We're starting off. It's Meathead. Amazingribs.com, his website. You see him here the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, always appreciate the time. Good to talk to you and all the Centralites. There he is, Meathead from Amazing All Rich. guests appear via the Traeger wow, Grills hot. hotline. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Yummy. That's a little hot there. All oh. guests appear yeah, via okay. the Traeger oh, Grills okay. hotline. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Yummy. We'll figure that out in post, as they say. Uh, before we head into the Cook Shack read, how about one of these? Hey, Greg, this is your old pal Myron Mixon from Myron Mixon Smokers and Jack's Old South Barbecue Competition Team, right. the winningest man in barbecue. Very nice. And I just wanted to take time out of my busy schedule to wish the man in barbecue media a very happy birthday. Sorry we couldn't get together this year, but maybe we can try next year. Maybe. Hope you're having a great day, and I appreciate everything you're doing in the world of barbecue. Myron Mix. Oh, yeah, baby. Love getting a shout out from Myron Mixon. Wishing me a happy birthday. Appreciate that. Getting a lot of well wishes, too, while the show's going on. Hootie, wishing me a happy birthday. Thank you, Hootie. I only want to barbecue who with you. Want to talk to you quickly about Cook Shack before we wrap up the first hour. Uh, they manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you backyard barbecue, whether you competition barbecue, whether you barbecue in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has, a do- has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks. It's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling, 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers, the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion at Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion, dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing, with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. What? That's right. The best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit the website cookshack.com that's cookshack.com all right we have the facebook issue squared away for some reason the audio output on my video interface which i never touch just like my itunes feed changed but we've reverted that so you got most let's say 90 percent of the meathead so it was all recorded perfectly in podcast so if you're frustrated that you missed those first three four five minutes 
Make sure you get the podcast tomorrow. That will be released right around midnight tonight. You can enjoy it all day tomorrow if you want. And then the second hour will be released on Thursday as we do it right here. All right. We will be back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, thanks again to Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining me these past two segments. Wanted to mention this at the top of the show, but got behind because I get to rambling. Wanted to give a special mention to my guys, Sterling Ball and James the Flame Perez from Big Papa Smokers for notching another grand championship this past weekend in the wildly booming barbecue metropolis of Petaluma, California. Hit it for a 701.1. If you know anything about that region of the country, 701 or 700 plus highly irregular, if not impossible. So congratulations to Sterling and James with the 701-1, almost five points. Hey, I like to round. Five points better than RGC. I believe it was closer to 10 points between one and four. So congratulations to Sterling and James on another win. Notching them up, baby, notching them up. Again, if you have any questions, oh, by the way, he wins with his products. I'll do a read for them next hour, but BigPapaSmokers.com is a place to go to get hooked up with the Big Papa Smokers rubs or the West Coast offense, which involves Simply Marvelous Barbecue, which I believe finished fourth in that contest as well, hence the 10-point gap. Come on, Steph. Step your game up. <laughs> Petaluma. Fun to say, not giving out 700 scores a lot. If you have any questions for Meathead, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com or send him an email. He's also pretty active on Facebook. Hit up Max Good for any smoker or grilling questions to purchase. There was a couple other ones that we didn't get to because we just ran out of time, but we'll try and mix those back in next quarter when we have Max Good on. See how it goes from there. All right. Second hour quickly approaching. Sonny Moberg will be in. In the second hour, we'll recap or do a follow-up story to something I reported on last week. I'll re-go over the steak temperature assignment revision that I made at the top of the hour, just in case you're going to be tuning in. And we might tease famous Dave complaining about his finish on the most recent episode of Smoked. Maybe. Your calls and emails as well, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com or 216-777-2120. That's 216-777-2120. Stick around for the second hour of the Barbecue Central Show. We'll be right back.